0: From the Red and Black, this is The Front Page. It's Monday, July 13th. On today's episode, we're hearing from the Black women who are leading the protest movement in Athens. Nationwide protests have continued for more than a month, calling for racial justice, police abolition, and support for the Black Lives Matter movement. On a local level, black women continue to step up as leaders of the activism movement in Athens. Enterprise editor Anila Yoganathan and news assistant Gabriella Miranda spoke with UGA sociology student Ashley Crooks-Allen and county commissioner Mariah Parker about their activism and about intersectionality in the movement. Here's Gabriella with the story.
1: Ashley Crooks-Allen is a sociology student who dedicated a chapter in their thesis about how women perceive the Black Lives Matter movement. Ashley interviewed many women who said that they believe this movement's focus is on Black men.
2: So it's so interesting um, that people have begun to uh, hit like, it has that this narrative has taken over the discourse that this is what Black Lives Matter movement is about, When we know it was founded by three Black women mm-hmm. and uh, the, the work continues to be done by these Black women. Even when you're speaking to women, asking women, how do you, how does this movement relate to you? They'll tell you that it's, you know, because they're worried about their sons and their brothers and their fathers and their husbands. And it's like, so what about you? It's really interesting the way women even have bought into this narrative of this being about black men.
1: Ashley spoke about Breonna Taylor. Taylor was killed in March by police who issued a no-knock warrant at her home while she was asleep in her bed. She was killed weeks before George Floyd, but her story did not receive immediate national attention. The police officers involved in Floyd's death have all been charged for his death. However, the officers who killed Taylor have not been charged.
2: She was in her own home. She wasn't out. She was You can't. You can't make that into a accident or a. You can't villainize her. Um, and so I think that's important when we think about social movements. It's interesting the way that people have even overlooked that aspect of like this would be the perfect case because to move to something that was more, you know, visual and like emotionally impactful in that way and that uh, Brianna Taylor becomes an afterthought even as it was like literally like this is the proof that you don't have to do anything. You don't have to be even committing a low-level crime or stopped, you know, for speeding nothing you don't have to be doing anything at all and I think Brianna Taylor is a representation of that and it's so interesting to watch it play out that people are still constantly forgetting.
1: We asked Ashley why they think Black women are leading the Athens movement and if they are scared to continue their activism in light of nationwide police brutality.
2: I think that Black women have been leading these movements and doing this work all along because their liberation is tied up in it. Black women are the only people that can be trusted to do the work for Black women. Because other people are going to not show up and are going to forget black women and so black women have to show up to do the work um because if not they're going to be left out um mm-hmm. and i think that's something that we know um to be true um i think that that is also present in athens um that people are willing to do the work and there's also um, something that i think um has been an echo of the civil rights movement with the women kind of being very visible um and on the front lines is like women also like kind of the extension of the police brutality issue is women don't feel that they are as endangered by the police because the police they think the police see them as as less threatening than they see black men um which um is fair i think they also um people also uh shared that like the police see them as disposable um as non-necessary and so they are still in danger but less threatening um and so in theory they're safer um from uh at least being perceived as a threat i guess i'm scared but i guess i'm not scared as an activist i am i think more of a scholar activist and that's a lot of where i can do my contributions is to figure out how To create, My goal is to figure out how to create scholarship that can inform organizers and how to craft a more inclusive movement that includes Black people from across the diaspora more effectively. That's my goal.
1: Whether it be the color of their skin, their sexuality, or gender they identify with, Black women hold multiple identities, which leads to multiple layers of discrimination. They may face discrimination for being Black, a woman, queer, or for all of those identities combined.
2: And even within our communities, there is, you know, the violence um, against women within black communities um, that does need to be addressed um, most definitely. But I think there are ways in which we're constantly being told that we have, you know, bigger things to worry about. Um, and, you know, that the, like our, like one of our identities has to be in the forefront um, versus recognizing that we exist in these intersectional spaces that we can't put aside women being like women's issues to be black today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is really important because when we think about, you know, issues of like sexual assault within our communities on um, that, I mean, it happened like with, uh, within any race, of course. Um, mm-hmm. But like when we are looking at some them, we're still, you know, making less money in these fields uh, we're still getting less creditless recognition, less authority. Mm-hmm. Um, And we're seeing that we're like, you know, we're getting paid less. And we're still, like, the gender gap is still real. um, And the race gap is still real. So we're still, we're making less on both. Sides. Like, we're being constantly subjected to different ways of oppression that people are not understanding more broadly. And so I think that it's Settling, um, it always feels like you mean you want to bring your whole self with you, but it always feels like people are constantly trying to erase parts of you in the work that you do. But yeah, it's like it's, I, like, Black women are like some of the most oppressed groups. Our side, especially like queer Black disabled women. Like we, like, there's like there's so many yeah. intersections of identities and being experiencing so many different things from all different sides that people don't like stop to acknowledge to make space for. But I did appreciate the first march that they had um over by City Hall where they like um were centering just like only having like black people, especially black women, black femmes speak. I think centering those voices I think are important. When we look at black feminism and mm-hmm. the research and the joining of theory and practice practice, mm-hmm. that's where the centering of black women is important because black women can see things differently. In a way that is looking towards freedom from oppression for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when we listen, like, listen to black women, is like, that's when we actually can, like, move forward. Like, we've been ignoring black women um, and, like, t- taking from their labor, but, like, not actually listening to them um, and censoring them. And I think if we did so, I think our movements would be much more successful.
1: I also spoke with Mariah Parker about her experiences as a black activist and an Athens-Clarke County commissioner. Parker spoke about how during commission meeting, she's been overlooked by her white male counterparts because of her race.
3: The mayor pro tem, Russell Edwards, at our one of our very recent meetings um, skipped over what I said but accepted it when it was phrased slightly differently by a white man that was sitting on the commission. Like this is still very much a part of um, like, what I deal with all the time from when I first got elected uh, up until present day. Um, you know, stereotypes of being, like, an angry black woman, as well as just, like, having my opinions sort of um, marginalized or silenced within, like, the realm of City Hall is just a part of the work that I, uh, I don't accept, but mm-hmm. I've come to learn to navigate and fight back against.
1: And what would you say is one of... The biggest struggles, or possibly the biggest influence you have on commission, that is predominantly a white and male-dominated board.
3: Uh, I've, I've, I've you know said this many times. I think my my training in uh, being a hip hop artist, the, like the experiences that I learned from through being being a battle rapper and um, from standing on stage, definitely have translated into. Uh, I wouldn't say fearlessness, but, like, a like a sense of grace that comes with, like, bracing fear when I have to, like, face down uh, older, whiter, mostly male members of the commission. Um, and so I am very indebted to that experience, which, you know, again, even as a hip-hop artist, I was, like, usually the only woman, mm-hmm. uh, usually the only queer person in, like, a, in a battle or something like that. And so having experienced, like, those sorts of intersecting pressures... Um, learning from that has allowed me to ad- adapt to address, like, new forms of something similar within City Hall.
1: Parkin went on to speak about the power of Black women both culturally and politically.
3: Well, we come from a very rich oral history in terms of songs and even down to, like, schoolyard games, a sense of rhythm and eloquence and, um, Stridence that like is unique to Black women. I think runs in my veins as well as those of all the great people doing work here in Athens. Whether it's you know, you know, with a megaphone in their hand at the Arch, or folks like Nisi Allen that run the Innovative Healthcare Institute and are getting people access to all these jobs. Like, um, I think I think that oral history, as well as that sense that that like empowered being empowered to like care. I feel like care work gets. Kind of like feminized and dismissed in this way but like reframing it as like this really powerful kind of knowledge and like thing you have to offer the world I think black women um, embody that which is really powerful like don't take our communities for granted don't take ourselves for granted like we are very powerful a lot of the ways that our public school education and all of our economic and like racial hierarchies in the country tell people like you're the way you're talk, either the way you talk isn't right you didn't get enough school you don't work an important job but um learning to love the things that are really unique and amazing about our culture and about our gifts and strengths um uh, it's a lifelong journey so like not beating up on yourself for being on the first you know steps of that journey but like committing to that journey of learning to love what's great about us nonetheless and embracing that
0: And that was The Front Page. The Front Page is a production of the Red and Black Publishing Company. This episode was co-produced by Kira Posey, Gabriella Miranda, Sherry Liang, and Anila Yoganathan. The Front Page is sponsored by the Cox Institute for Journalism Innovation, Management, and Leadership. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.